0: From a bevy of top secret, highly secure locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider, the podcast on the cusp of regional recognition with our usual crew, sports editor Nick Talbot, Tom Orsborne, Jeff McDonald, I am Mike Finger, it has been quite a week since our last Spurs Insider podcast. It started with the highest of highs for the local cagers. And now after playing what apparently is the favorite for the, the NBA title this year, the, the Memphis Grizzlies, things aren't looking as great as they did a few days ago. Two ugly losses back to back. What is the state of the Spurs, Jeff McDonald?
1: It's kind of funny. Like, these podcasts, like the vibe of them, it all depends on what day we record them on. If we had yeah. recorded if we had recorded this a few days ago, we'd be talking about this great winning streak the Spurs are on. They had beaten both Boston and Denver, who are you know powers in their respective conferences. They were looking great. They were getting Derek White back from the injured, injured list. They're going to be injury free for the first time all year. Uh, and then on Saturday, the first game that they're injury free for the first time all year, they suffer a seventeen point loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, which is which which was the largest victory. In Memphis history over the Spurs, a record that lasted all of 48 hours because uh, Monday night they came back to the AT&T Center and beat the Spurs by 31 points. So the state of the Spurs is they're all over the map, as they have been for most of the season.
0: And this is not – even though the specific results are unpredictable, I think um, the line there is – the difference there is – the overall state of the Spurs, in terms of being unpredictable, is kind of predictable. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this is for a team in this situation, yes. which still is unfamiliar to the denizens of South Texas, to the to the denizens of 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 the locations where the Spurs Insider listeners listen. You're not used to having a team like this. You're used to having a team that generally beats who it's supposed to beat and and is competitive against everybody and consistent basically from night to night week to week that's not the case for a lot of nba teams kind of in the middle of the pack and this is just sort of what it's like to have a team that's basically a 500 marginal playoff team you're not going to get the same group night after night, week after week, and it's going to make you want to pull your hair out every now and then to think, well, th- why can't the team that beat Boston and Denver even be competitive against Memphis? That's just the way it is, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Be- become, become comfortable with being uncomfortable, Spurs fans. And, uh, I, <laughs> That's a lot I of line, I think. Yeah. I was wondering uh, in a seven-game series how this would have uh, turned out. Spurs down 0-2 now, so seven games. What's the outcome of that series?
0: I think this is a bad – if we're talking about a Spurs-Grizzlies playoff series, Uh like that's a bad matchup for the Spurs, weirdly. (laughs) Something (laughs) about it, like that some teams just don't fare well against another opponent for whatever reason. And I don't don't know who fares well against the Grizzlies the way they've been playing – the last couple of nights. That's a that's a good team. So, um, yeah. But
1: yeah, you know, what, seven in a row?
0: Yeah. Even there was an interruption really. there with a interruption there with their COVID stuff. But man, that's a good team. And so who,
1: uh, who who wins between the Memphis who wins between the Memphis Grizzlies and Ditka?
0: Oh Dick Ditka, <laughs> <Dicka>. I think. <laughs> that was Ditka. Um but the I the other thing about watching Memphis the over the past weekend, I guess um you can talk about young cores and the Spurs have a nice one, and we were um writing stories and 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 playing up what a how how encouraging and and um hopeful the Spurs were about their core you know three three four days ago. The, it's one thing to have a core of, of young guys who can be something. It's another, another to have a core of young guys headed by, uh, an absolute superstar in John Morant. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, that's still kind of what the Spurs are waiting for to see that one guy become just a, a total difference maker. And John Morant was a number two overall pick who looks like he could be better than the number one overall pick a lot of years. Um, and and he's got a lot of stuff around him. So even though it's kind of a bummer for Spurs fans to see, you know, how how, how the team got outplayed the last couple of days, I don't think there's going to be, by the end of the year, much shame in knowing that you lost a couple of games to the Grizz.
1: Yeah, I just think for Spurs fans, it's um, it's just a matter of keeping expectations in check. And I understand that can be difficult when you have, you know, a couple big win- a three game winning streak. And a couple of big wins in a row, you start to get excited. They, the, the team starts to build your expectations and, and um, you know, they kind of got brought back to reality in crushing and, and fiery fashion um, against the Grizzlies. there's There's sort of like a Lucy with the football effect sometimes that I think Spurs fans are having trouble dealing with. but if you if you if you stick to the big picture, this is a five hundred team, I said it last week, this is a five hundred team give or take. So when they're going to regress the mean, either positively or negatively, um, and it's going to create some wild pendulum swings, I think.
0: Well, if, if if we would have looked ahead, and we did look ahead last week when we recorded this podcast, knowing that there was going to be four games before the next one, and those games were Boston, Denver, and two against Memphis, if if we would have predicted last week that they went two and two, most of us would have said, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Probably, probably not the specific... Two victories and two losses, but I mean overall they're right where they've been for most of this season. Like they're a they're a 500 team. So, um, what what know, can I, you take from those Grizzlies games? Anything besides the fact that Grizzlies
1: are better than you think? Well, like say is like, so Spurs defense really that bad? Because going
2: into those games, why did they get so many wide open threes? How did I was trying to figure that out? How does that happen? It's just is it Morant just penetrating and but. They just had a huge amount of wide-open threes. Probably um, the threat of Morant plays into that. Yeah. Like yeah. Also, you,
0: you tend to remember more wide-open threes when the other team makes every damn one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there are, there are some games where you give up a few wide-open threes and the other team, you know, makes half of them. And it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Okay. But the Memphis I- was just making everything.
1: We were we were going to that game, some numbs, that that series with Memphis. Some numbskull wrote about how the Spurs' defense seems to be coming around, they were on the cusp of cracking the top ten for the first time in a few years. And so I'm wondering, were they were they frauds, or was Memphis really that good?
2: And and they never figured out a game plan for Kyle Anderson. Never did. I tried to give Pop the the. Yeah. the the opening for that, but yeah. Yeah. Did Did you had to go
1: box and one on Kyle Anderson
0: is what didn't I was you, thinking. Didn't you ask how to slow Kyle Anderson down? slow, slow mo <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, he <laughs> also, Kyle uh, Anderson,
1: if he slowed Kyle Anderson, Anderson down, he would be going backwards.
2: In all seriousness, he's having a heck of a year. He uh, it really is. Seven, the last two games. Much more.
1: I mean, I, the only two games I've seen him play well, three, because I played this first three times. But, uh, the, la- the last two games are the first two Kyle Anderson games I've seen in a while. And he's just really more confident with his own scoring than he was when he was here. He was like, uh, he, he almost, you know, he was sort of Boris Diaw without the scoring here. Um, yeah. It's yeah. really become very much more comfortable and confident looking for his own shot, knocking down threes. I mean, I know everything was rolling for Memphis and the game was out of reach last night in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, in that case, you tend to play looser, but Kyle hit a corner three where just his body language, he looked like death. like the second he let it go, he knew it was good and was trotting back. So that was something we never saw from, from that dude when he was here. I mean, he was a nice player, but I think those two games, those last two games were the most, both were the most points he'd scored
0: against the Spurs in, in, since he left. He's a little good. Um, another person who made a return, not in the same way that Kyle Anderson did, but to the lineup, was Derek White. What did we think about his... The Both of his first two games since returning were those awful Memphis games for the for the team. They're, they're still so 0-3. Thought,
1: with, they're 0-3 with Derek in the lineup this year.
0: I thought in the first... Game uh, against Memphis, Derek for a lot of it was maybe this first best player. Like he looked, he looked good, pretty quickly coming right. back. Then, then he started showing some rust. But I mean, I, I I think the results of those two games, notwithstanding, he's his his impact will be a a pretty positive thing. If for, you had for the if screw. you
1: if you had told me he was going to have an eighteen point game and a and a two for ten game, I would have thought they would have been reversed. Yeah. I didn't think he'd come out of the gate with the 18-point game. But, I, you know, I, I, think it, I think it just is a sign it's going to take a while to adjust, not just him to adjust to playing minutes and getting back into an NBA um, feel again, but also the team adjusting for him because it has sort of reconfigured the bench minutes and, and that bench that was so dominant in a lot of games when, without Derek White um, hasn't been the same in the two games with him back, which I think is to be expected. You guys are kind of trying to figure out their space again. Um, with with Derek in there playing twenty something minutes and and having the ball in his hands a lot, going to take a while.
0: Yeah, and you know you wrote about the challenge of you know reallocating the minutes with Derek back. I don't think it's as huge of a deal um, in that they were playing nine guys. I, I think that's it's possible to just add a tenth because that basically gives you two different groups. I mean, digital I mean
1: it seems, are, that seems to be what they're doing, but it, is, it has just, just in the two game sample size has really just torpedoed uh, Devin Vassell's minutes.
0: And I don't games. think, I don't He's think there's but not as much as he was. I don't think you can judge um, anything big picture on those two games, because as you've pointed out, they were two blowouts yeah. and everybody, Fair. you know, there was, there was, there were anomalies in both. I mean, Trey Lyles got sent into the first game just because pop was looking for anything to work as the game was getting out of control. And then last night it was kind of the same way, you know, that you can't, you don't know how those minutes would have been kind of divvied up. If if the game ended out. But, but
1: it's just a math equation. If White's going to come in and play twenty, somebody's going to play less minutes. There's, but just, I
0: don't I don't think somebody's going to play twenty fewer minutes. I think that yeah, maybe yeah, five, sure, sure. five five guys will play four fewer minutes. You know, sure. and I I think that could be fine. What what do you guys think about lineup wise? Um, is is Derek just kind of easing his way back on the bench? Is that or is that his long term role, the bench point guard?
1: Well, to answer your question with the question, if you were going to start him, who would you bench?
0: That's that's kind of my point. Spurs, Spurs Twitter uh, has done a 180 on that too, but I I kind of agree with it. I think you would bench Lonnie, which is weird to say considering where we were at one year ago when it's like, hey, let's give this guy some minutes. But I don't know if that's the answer, I don't, I don't think that's the answer, but – If you're going to bench anyone, he's probably playing the worst of anyone in that starting lineup outside of LaMarcus, and you're not going to bench LaMarcus. Can I just ask something fundamental here, which I think gets – Why start now? (laughs) Your your starting lineup does not have to be your best five guys. Yes. Absolutely Absolutely not. I think think too often – People get lost in that. It's like, well, this guy isn't as good as this guy, so he should be starting over. That's not how it works. It's almost (laughs) the
1: opposite. You want two units that are balanced
0: in some way. Not opposite, but but, um, you know what I'm saying. I mean, aren't the Spurs the poster child for that too? I mean, they didn't start Manu Ginobili for years. I mean, that's right. people should understand this. Right. So, like, getting someone out of the starting lineup and replacing that person, whoever you don't like, with somebody better... Does not that's not a panacea. I mean it's it's uh did you like that word? Um it it everybody's still gonna play. The same nine, ten guys are gonna play. So it's you know, if you're mad at DeMar DeRozan or Lamarcus Aldridge or whatever, like just taking him out of the starting lineup doesn't fix what you're upset about. Like people get too upset about the starting lineup. And I think that. If Lonnie Walker's struggling and Derek White is playing great, which he's not, but let's just use that as an example, um, then that just makes your bench worse. And your bench, while they were beating Boston and Denver and the Lakers and the Clippers, the bench production was a huge reason for that. So, you know, you're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. I don't know. It's uh is that how that works? I I, I just think that. To me, it could be positive for the for the whole team if Derek White becomes the point guard of of that second group and, and makes that second I group. I think what the people want to board. see,
1: whether it's a starting lineup or not, and I understand the reasons for it, is they want to see Derek White and Dejounte Murray playing minutes together because yeah. that that seems to be a, a very good defensive backcourt. So I, I think that's what people were sort of clamoring for last year. And we kind of got it a little bit in the bubble. Um, but, but Lamarcus wasn't there. So it made it easier to just start your five best guys. So, uh, you, you don't have to, but you don't have to start Derek White to play them together, those two together, if, if you so desire. So
0: What does – another fundamental question, which I think I might know the answer to. When, when but you're just, saying just fundamental,
1: or do you mean like, like fun hyphen-demental? Like are you
0: saying it that way? Like reading it's, is fundamental. It's
1: both fun and fundamental.
0: Correct. These are these questions are not that fun, though. Well, it depends on your definition of fun. Um, what does what does Derek White give you playing next to Dejounte Murray that Lonnie Walker does not? Um, I
1: uh, I would say Derek is probably a better defender, certainly a more consistent defender, uh, more better creator. more consistent all the way along. Just more consistent all the way around. But, yeah. again, you can bring him off the bench and, and, like, it seems like he's going to play the same amount of minutes anyway. Right. Whether you start him or bring him off the bench,
0: so. My question is, um, I guess I've had, I've had a lot of questions, but um, doesn't, isn't one of Derek's strengths, his, his ball handling ability, his ability to make the offense go? Yes. And does that, is that kind of redundant with DeJounte?
1: Um, I can I can see your point there, but it's also the way the NBA is going. Let's let's put as many ball handlers and creators on the floor at one time and throw the ball around and um, just play. So I I don't think it really I don't think that redundancy really matters that much to me. If, if
0: you okay. want to play with both, I don't have a strong feeling here either way. I'm just kind of thinking out loud.
2: I don't know how much this factors into it at all, but personality-wise, he just seems to be more suited, you know, comfortable with coming off the bench. And I'm not saying DeJounte would, you know, pout and go into a funk, but it it just seems better. They just seem better suited for the roles that they have.
0: Right. I I don't think anybody is advocating for DeJounte Murray to come off the bench. He's clearly your starting point guard.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. You're you're playing, playing them both together and who do yeah. you Yeah. While we're sort of on the subject, what do we
1: think of the season that uh Lonnie the Walker the 4th is having so far?
2: He admitted um last week that yeah, it's a, he was he was down on his lack of consistency. I mean, he said that himself uh when asked to assess how his season's gone so far. That was the first thing that came out of his mouth.
0: And again, that's to be expected from somebody in his spot, in his career, I think. I think for the most part, um, you go back to when he was drafted. If, if you thought you were getting this guy, I think you'd be okay with that. Um, and he's going through what a lot of players go through in that when they're not playing they're kind of the flavor of the month a year you know the fans want to see more of him because they don't know what he can't do yet and then, and then you, you see him, more of him
1: you see his flaws a little bit Exactly. or, the, or the, the places he needs to improve and it's a consistency thing he's got that i mean he's i mean he's got that raw athleticism he's a lot like he's a lot better when the Spurs can get out and run which i don't think they've been able to do much lately i mean you have to get stops to be able to do that and when Memphis is shooting 97% Right. It's hard yeah. to get out and run, but he's he's better in that type of game. He, he he's probably been a better three point shooter than you think. I think he's right around that forty
0: yeah. percent yeah.
1: spot. Um, but yeah, the consistency just seems to be an issue at this point. And like you say, maybe maybe to be expected. But yeah, it's 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 just interesting. He was flavor of the month at this time last year, and Spurs fans thought he was a star in the making. I just wonder what sort of the Spurs fan consistent
2: consensus
1: is on that guy right now at, at, in uh, February 2021.
2: I guess uh, you know when you the 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 thing is now you've got Keldon Johnson who's you know 11 games in a row scoring in double digits. Um, he's averaging 17 points, eight rebounds in that span, and in his last four, he's averaging nearly 19 points and nine rebounds. So when when you look at him, what he's doing at his young age, I guess fans are saying, you know, how come Lonnie can't do that? But They're two you know, different guys. On the flip side of consistency, yeah, Keldon yeah. just been uh, the screaming, hollering Keldon <laughs> Johnson is something to behold.
0: He is a bleeping character, according to to to, uh, Demar Derozan. If we would have we're we're taping this on Tuesday, the morning after the second uh, Grizzlies game. If we would have taped this Friday, um, Friday morning before these Grizzlies games, what would this podcast have been about? It would have it would have been a lot of Keldon Johnson, right? (laughs) A lot of Keldon
1: Johnson. Demar was coming off a 30-10 game. Uh huh. Um, Weren't they in fourth place almost? They were up in fourth close. place.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes, they were. And yep. then toppled.
1: <laughs> they were, they were <laughs> about to host a first round playoff
0: series, boys. There were. So this is um, a lot about the NBA this year too, because <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot of parity. In uh, in both of those uh, games against Boston and Denver, there were two or three minute stretches where. These kids were just overwhelming. I mean, it was it was really, really fun to watch. And the last two games were yeah. not for Spurs fans. But was it the with the closing stretch before halftime? Was that against yeah, Boston, Boston. Yes. or Denver? Yeah. Where yeah. I mean, you saw kind of what I'm sure RC Buford, Brian Wright, Greg Popovich all had envisioned when they collected all these long-armed, long-limbed, athletic kids over the past several drafts. I mean, that's exactly what you wanted to see. And so, I think when you're watching this team, if you're going to be a fan of this team over the long haul, like focus on those types of moments where you see what what that the 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 whole franchise could become at some point. And it it looks silly now, but much like Jeff wrote about defense, I think for Sunday I wrote about how the personality is changing. How how this? Because I think Patty Mills mentioned after one of those games that now what we're known for I, our identity is a, these 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 loud guys. We've never been noisy before, and now all these you know, Kelvin Johnson screaming and Dejounte Murray and Lonnie Walker and down the down the list. Like that can be fun, and and yeah. you're going to get blown out a couple of times, but that can be fun. It's fun. It's
1: funny when you bring that up because I remember. Um, Kawhi's first, second, third year was somewhere real early before Kawhi really became an like an MVP caliber player. They're, they're playing uh, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors and there's a play. And I can still see where it was on the floor where Kawhi did that thing where he just takes the ball from someone. Like, I don't mean like the guy's dribbling and he steals it. I mean, Steph's oh. holding the ball. Kawhi takes it out of his hands, goes the other way for a dunk. And I remember like days later, Pop talk, we're in some other city. Pop talking about that play and how how great it was. Kawhi just went down there. He dunked. He didn't beat his chest. He didn't scream. He didn't he didn't taunt. He just ran back on defense and and you know played another defensive possession. So it's kind of funny how we've gone from that to now we're celebrating um, you know the dunks and screams and and all that stuff. Well, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm
2: just saying it's, it's 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 there's been a culture change for sure it's a genuine kind of joy that these guys emit. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not chest thumping and look at me, but it's just, it's just a genuine reaction to, you know, their joy of playing the game. Uh, you know, I know that's, <laughs> uh, you know, a little over the top maybe, but, but yeah, it's just genuine with these g- kids and it's, uh, it's very likable. And I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's a another honest Another honest question.
1: Would we, would we notice it as much as if they weren't in quiet arenas? Well, that's, that's interesting too.
0: But, but yeah, I, I think you would. And also um, I pointed this out in the column. I don't think it's a contradiction for Pop to have respected that about Kawhi's game and genuinely liked it about Kawhi Leonard, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, whoever. And also to genuinely be excited for... Kelton Johnson to scream his head off. Like you can like both. You don't have to, when, when, when pop was saying that, you know, he respected and, and loved how Kawhi just went down and, and did his business and didn't beat his chest. He wasn't saying that everyone who beats his chest is terrible. Like there, it, different styles can work for different players for different groups. And, and that style worked for Kawhi Leonard and, and, to a, in a different um, sense with, with Tim Duncan and this dog can work for this group. And
1: another, fun, another fun one I remember is, you remember this this cat named Austin Day that was on the team? He won a title. He has a ring with the Spurs. For a few so months, one, right, was a his Spur, first, right? One of his first games he got in, he buried a three and runs down and does the thing where he puts the three fingers next to his forehead to celebrate. Uh-huh. And Pop looks down the bench and asks somebody like, what was that? Somebody <laughs> told him he immediately hanged Austin Day out of the game.
0: Well, because he's, he's, he's Austin bleeping day. <laughs> like if that's one of your best players, you can do that. But if, when you're Austin bleeping day, it's probably not going to work sure out well for you.
1: If Austin Day's in the game, it's because the game's already a blowout, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what I miss from being down on the court. Well, A, being in the arena and B, being down on the court and seeing that kind of
0: stuff. Didn't, didn't Austin Day for, for multiple years... Maybe the better part of a decade, hold a designation as the Spurs' last midseason acquisition? Or am I thinking of a different guy?
1: No, for a while, yeah. They, 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 uh, that ended the Nando de Colo era in San Antonio. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, not uh, midseason acquisition, but trade. Dead, trade deadline trade. All right.
0: right, right. That, that, that's, that's what I mean a trade deadline trade. Uh, and for a long time, Austin Day was their last one, and it led to a title. that's right as we're winding down here i guess that's another well do we really want to get into trade deadline stuff probably not this week
1: we can talk about well first you should tell people where to find the newsletter and all that stuff
0: okay Um, Uh, and then we can
1: talk about the games coming up if you'd like
0: well i think you should be the host next time um newsletter this the Spurs Nation newsletter you can sign up for that expressnews.com lots of stuff on expressnews.com we've got a new thing where Tom and Jeff are doing triple takes after games just riveting stuff um, a lot of in-depth analysis it's like you you're watching the game twice it's it's great and uh, also, <laughs> also Why Are you so mean? I'm just saying it's I admire your work and That's and so people, cool. people will like it. Also, also for the, for the podcast, again, rate us, just be honest. If you like us, give us a good rating. If you don't, I don't know how you made it 27 minutes, but um, you know, be honest. We, we, we're, we're not here for fake news. Give us your ratings. Also like write reviews. We enjoy those. That helps. So, And, you know, be nice or be honest, whatever it's, it's, it's good for us. You should tell Uh, them where you
1: you should tell them where they should, they can find your, your columns, which are never ill conceived and are are always fully baked and never half cocked.
0: also expressnews.com. Um, Thank you for that. That, you know, read Tom and Jeff first, but I'm also there. Um, What uh, you, you were giving hosting suggestions. How did you want to end this talking about games coming up? If if you want to, I don't care. Okay, go ahead. I don't know. They play Minnesota. Like, you better win that one, right? I mean...
1: Uh-huh. Like, there's, there's certain games, you know, you've lost twice in a row to the Grizzlies.
0: You better show up and beat Minnesota. Who has already beat okay. the Spurs once, by the way, but, you know. That was the second night of a back-to-back, wasn't it? And or the, tomorrow fir- wasn't or the there. first night of a back-to-back.
1: No, it was the second. It was the and DeMar wasn't
0: there. There you go. So it's a revenge game.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And then also uh, this weekend at the Houston Rockets, who are on a roll...
1: Well, we can do that some other time. But who's going to win the Southwest Division? It might be the Houston Rockets, James yeah. Harden's Houston Rockets.
0: They haven't have they lost since James Harden left? Well, the Spurs beat them once. Oh yeah, that's right. But they they're on a long they're on, they're long on a long streak. Oh, Yeah, yeah, they're well six, with, uh, six in a row. Yeah, and then well, I'm not. i I think we we might have you another podcast before uh, the back to back against the Warriors next week. Oh but, yeah, well, this should be a make hay uh get healthy week for the Spurs if they can uh, if they can take care of the Timberwolves Wolves and then go uh and the the Rockets are due to lose so that's you know that's probably working in their favor. The um,
2: dreaded Golden State Warriors coming in.
0: Yeah, and I, I think we're going to have a, another uh, uh award winning podcast before I the
2: Warriors see coming in. I see. So I apologize. we might
0: just have two games to talk about next week, but we can get into more big picture hey, stuff. Speaking
1: of award-winning podcasts, you know, the Spurs are coming after us. Matt Bonner is coming
0: after us. Well, we shouldn't be advertising for our rivals. I'm just like, rivals.
1: saying. Well, but look, look, no, I I, I think I, I'll take the competition head on. Like they get, who's this guy? Wynn Butler from Arcade Fire. We got Ringo freaking star on ours.
2: That's true. <laughs> That's true. Also. And his all-star band.
0: Also, we have no affiliation with the local cagers, so you can expect honesty from this podcast. Whereas, you know, naturally, the Spurs produced podcast. You know, there are some things that they're not able to talk about, and and we can you know be fully upfront and transparent about all things related to our local cagers, and and also this podcast always ends on a positive note, on a joyous note. And a reminder to all of our devoted listeners who we love that, you know, you should think about the great stuff in life. So much in the world can bring you down. But I mean, the, the, if you're thinking about the NBA, that means that things can't be all bad. And, you know, as always, you should remember to take care of each other and to keep it real.
2: Peace. Peace.